Hello, Masters in the Making. I'm your host, Mike Miller, and I want to welcome you to Simple Self Mastery. Simple Self Mastery is a self-help podcast dedicated to giving you the best in health, wealth, love, happiness, and a little peace of mind every single week. I'm excited and honored to welcome our guest today, Aziz Gazapur. Dr. Aziz is the world's leading confidence expert. He helps people break free from hesitation, fear, and self-doubt so they can rapidly grow their businesses, become more powerful leaders, and enjoy outstanding relationships. He completed his doctoral training at Stanford and Palo Alto Universities and is the founder of the Center for Social Confidence. He has a large online following with his podcast and YouTube videos and is the author of three best-selling books, including Not Nice. Aziz, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I'm excited to be here. And excited to have you. And, you know, Aziz, where focus goes, energy flows. Where is your energy going right now in the work that you do? That's a that's a great question. I'd say, I mean, right now it's it's the it's the mission. It's helping uh, as many people as I can uh, inspire themselves to feel more confident in themselves, to have that that fundamental shift that I had, geez, almost 15 years ago now. Of I am there's something wrong with me. I'm anxious. I'm awkward. I don't honestly don't like myself, and and don't really think I can do much about it. To wait a minute. This is something I can shift. This is something I can learn. And that's what you're doing with this podcast is helping people have those tools. And so I'm on the same path, man. I want to help as many people as I can experience that see, that, see that that's possible, and then give them as many tools as I can to help them not only have that shift and, and grow in their confidence, but do so way more rapidly than I did. Right. Absolutely. No, I love it. And I love the empowering work that you're doing. And I particularly love talking about this and really working on this with people because it's such a profound thing it's such a profound idea of really shifting your confidence and becoming more socially adept and proficient and i mean so that's what i want to talk about today is really that shift and for you like where did that start i know i read some of your background we we i read your bio you have you obviously experienced some sort of um insecurity and, and social anxiety along the way we all do i know i did for you where was that starting point and how did you kind of begin this journey? Yeah, well, it began, I think it's pretty common age, which is uh, middle school in the United States. So about 11, I'd say, is when it started. And I became a lot more self-conscious, uh, aware of if I was different than others, if I measured up to others. And, you know, unfortunately, at that time in my assessment, I didn't. I wasn't like others. I didn't measure up. And started to develop a negative identity. I'm not that attractive, I'm not that interesting, I'm not as good as those guys over there who are more confident, I'm not worthy of the attention of the women that I'm interested in. And the, the problem with once that identity gets into place, we start to behave to be consistent with that identity. And that's exactly what I did. So it's like, oh, I'm shy and awkward and people aren't gonna wanna talk to me, so I just will not talk with them as much. And uh, what it led to is a pretty restricted life uh, I did have a, a couple of male friends, guy friends, and that was fun, and that actually helped me get through a lot because I had some people I really connected with. But other than that, it was a lot of avoidance, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of pot and video games, sure. and uh, that kind of culminated. I mean, that went on for 10 years. Wow. And and really, when was that shift when you said, you know, enough is enough, I'm going to work on this? I'm going to figure out a way to really solve this challenge. You know, when was that moment? Can you share that story with us? Sure. Yeah, it was, it was building for quite some time. 
in that I, you know, was generally uh, helpless, I think, in the way that I saw myself, kind of learned helplessness, like I don't think I can do much. I It didn't mean I didn't try here and there, like I'm going to try to be more confident. And I remember kind of the buildup of the of the frustration was that I, I did start trying to put myself out there, particularly in dating, just because that was, you know, I was a, at that time I was 21 years old. I was almost done with college. I realized like, wait a minute, <laughs> this fantasy that somehow it's all going to work itself out, that, that's not happening. This is not working itself out. Yeah. And I'm almost done at this environment. And there's like women everywhere. I should be able to, you know, if I can't do it here, then how's it going to be any better anywhere else? So I started to uh, attempt to put myself out there more. And as is often the case, when we first make our attempts, it doesn't automatically go amazingly. And uh, and I didn't really do any self-development or anything. It was just like t- try to talk to women, I guess. So I did and uh, did a- end up getting a few dates here and there. A lot of fear, a lot of like weeks and weeks of like strategizing of how I was going to talk to one woman <laughs> and uh, then doing it and, you know, but occasionally getting some dates, uh, but then having them really not go anywhere. Like uh, this happened multiple times. A woman would, would go on one date with me and then seemingly want nothing more to do with me. And so it was this, in some ways, if you're not really even trying, it's bad. It's pretty bad. But there's some sense of like, well, at least I'm not trying. But if you, if you try, then it doesn't even work. There was just like this crushing sense of like, oh my God, I'm, I'm clearly broken. And I remember I got home one day. This is right after uh, I had this phone call with the, with the woman that I went on one date with. I thought it was great. And she was just pretty cold and distant. And I got into my house and was just, ugh, she's broken. And uh, it was dark inside and I just got some uh, food from the kitchen and went into my bedroom to play Warcraft 3, which was my jam at the time. And... Uh, and then I heard some laughter coming from my roommate's room, and that's when I realized I wasn't home alone. He was there. He was there with his girlfriend, and I could just hear him talking and then her laughing uh, through the wall. And it was just like the, the breaking point. I was like this this sense of like I'm never gonna have that. I'm worse than him. I'm a failure. Ah! And I was about to start the game of Warcraft, and I literally closed the window and was like, No, I can't. I gotta. I have to do something. And it was this really pivotal moment. I didn't realize at the time, but it was a very significant shift. And that very night, I started looking around online for solutions, but in a way that I never had before. Like the decision had already been made. It's like, I'm going to figure this out. And of course, the this at that time was like, well, how do I get confident enough to meet women and and have them want to date me? Like, what's going on? So that's where it started. But uh, the... The, the fire had been started and then the obsession just grew over the years to, to confidence in every area of life, not just dating. Right. Absolutely. And I love how you bring that up. And sh- thank you for sharing that story because, it, you know, it's so impactful when I hear that you really were like fed up and you there was that breaking point. You said, I have to do this. This is a must. And that kind of led you down this path that you're on now. And so for anybody listening who might be able to relate with with your story, and I know I can, um, just listening to that, you know, what can they do right now to help kind of jumpstart their own self-confidence, specifically when it, when it, when it comes to social interactions with people? Yeah, I, I think reaching that threshold point is critical. And I've seen that in my work with people is, well, generally someone hasn't, in order to work with me and, and come to one of my live events or be part of a group or something, they've already reached uh, some threshold point of like, I got to do something. And they're ready to, you know, invest in themselves and 
study this stuff. And so they're, they're already at that level. But then even within that, there's another threshold because you can get fed up enough to start to look for a solution. But there's another level. I talk about the five levels of motivation. I talk about this in my book, Not Nice, and usually at every event I do it. But th- th- there's a progressive level of motivation we can feel inside. And level one is like no motivation. I don't even know if I want to do that or not, whatever. And then level two is, yeah, I do want that. I do want more confidence. I do want more social confidence. I do want a, a partner, whatever it is. But I don't really want to put any effort in. I just Can I just have it? Is there a pill? What's the quick fix? What's the silver bullet? And that's one level of motivation. It's kind of the fantasy wishing realm. Then level three is, okay, I'm going to try. I am going to try. And with trying, we get eh, mediocre results because the issue with trying is it's very uh, flimsy. And so when we reach a setback or have a rejection or, you know, uh, I was working with one person who was starting their own business on the side and you know, they, they reach a pretty basic obstacle and they're like, well, I don't know about, I don't know about all this. <laughs> right. So there's not much fire there. And then beyond that is when we start to get into the realm of actually getting results. Level four is I'm going to do my best. And that's a powerful place to be where we're actually putting our all into something. But there is a level above that, which goes way beyond because when we say I'm going to do my best, there is a quality of, ah, well, Hey, I did my best. So, you know, didn't work out, but whatever. And that's fine if something that you don't you're not that interested in. But if it's a key pivotal area of your life, if it's something that's extremely important to you, whether it's your health or your relationships or creating the wealth that you want, if it's really important to you, then we need to find a way to get to level five motivation, which is I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. So I'm going to put my best into something. And when that fails or when that doesn't work, because it inevitably will, I'm going to grow and become more so that I can do something different. And then if I don't know the solution, then I'm gonna to talk to somebody. And if they don't know the solution, I'm gonna to talk to somebody else. And then I'm gonna get coaching on it, and then I'm gonna get consulting on it, and then I'm gonna read books on it. And you'd be amazed at how many people stop, usually, usually at like the level three of trying with these major areas of their life. And I'm like, hey, don't you wanna, don't you want it? And uh, so that's where if someone's listening, we gotta find a way to activate level five because it's only from that place that we're going to make significant beneficial changes in our lives. Awesome. And you know, and speaking of that, when they're really trying to get to level five, is that just a matter of really sitting down and thinking about what is truly important? How would you really go about that process? Yeah, that's a great question. I I do. I would throw that in there that I don't think we can be at level five motivation on everything in life. Sure. That's kind of extreme, right? You know, so you can, you can be somewhat of a dabbler in things that don't that you, you kind of like. I don't know, you have a hobby or something, and that's fine. I think the stuff that matters most, yeah, we want to really sit down and say, what matters most to me in life? What do I really want? What do I want my life to be about? And then what, what people often do is they, we're just so conditioned to shy away from discomfort. And nowhere more is this apparent than emotional discomfort. Mm. And we definitely, people shy away from physical discomfort when it comes to diet and exercise, but emotional discomfort is even more. So we don't even really take the time to say, what do I really want? And then, because it might stir up feelings to look at that. Because if we want something in our lives and then we don't have it, 
that can be agitating. We can feel frustrated. We can have stories about why we don't have it. We can feel inferior. We can feel pressure. We can feel fear about not getting it. And so what we do is we try to kind of distract ourselves. We get stay real busy. We don't think about it. We don't focus on it. Or if we do, we just say, ah, that's impossible anyway. And what I encourage people to do is to like really allow yourself to, to dream and see what it is that you really want, what really matters to you. And then if it's, if it's a, if it's an area that you're struggling in, go into that because it, that I would not have that level five motivation when it came to learning confidence. If I hadn't reached that threshold point, if I hadn't felt that much uh, pain and indeed I was trying to numb the pain that night with more Warcraft, but I, it's something it broke through. And so I really encourage people to feel that frustration and from that place activate some sense of like, Hey, no, 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 I'm not going to settle for this. I'm not going to live my life this way, but it requires being uncomfortable and to, to feel that stuff to then get that motivation that you need. Absolutely. Yeah. Pain is a huge motivator, especially that discomfort. And, you know, as he's on your journey, obviously we talked about your, your breaking point when you started, but, and we all run to challenges along the way. I'm sure you ran to plenty of more of those, but for you, how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Or do you have a favorite failure of your own? Man, there's uh, so many, <laughs> so many failures. Um, you know, the first, the ones that are coming to my mind now are related to dating because it was just, they were the first ones. You know, I, I'd, I'd never really taken risks in life, especially socially or emotional risks. Never put myself out there in any way. Uh, stayed pretty safe much of my life. And then when it came to learning this dating stuff and reading some dating advice online and going through some programs right there at the beginning of my journey, I was like, look, you can study this stuff all day long, but you have to go out and practice. You have to go socialize. You have to go talk to women. And I remember being uh, terrified of that, but a hundred percent willing. Cause I was just like, Oh, here we go. And I remember one failure that just puts a big smile on my face. So this is probably falls in one, one of my favorites. And I'd been practicing for a little bit of time now, maybe a month or so, going out a couple times a week. Um, I was not a fan of bars and stuff. So what I would do is I would just go to, I don't know, big shopping areas or other places and then find women and interact with them. And I remember this was, I, don't, I think it's completely shut down, if I'm not mistaken, Borders Bookstore. I don't know if they still yeah. exist. Um, they're gone, but uh, Amazon has crushed them <laughs> in its many long line of it's bodies. Yeah. <laughs> the juggernaut that we all feed with our <laughs> millions of cardboard boxes. Anyway, I was walking to this Borders bookstore and I remember I just heard, because I was surrounding myself and in, in modeling, like what are people doing who are successful at this? And so I'm hearing all these like crazy ideas, you know, maybe not that crazy, but to me they were crazy. You know, about you just walk up to a woman and say this and go into a bar and do that and wear this crazy hat and all this stuff. And from a guy who's pretty shy and risk averse, it was all very uh, shocking. But one thing I heard, which I really liked, was the guy said, you know what I do? I see a woman I'm interested. I just walk up to her and say, hey, can I ask you a question? She says, what? I say, are you single? And if she says, yeah, then I ask her out. And I'm like, wow, sounds pretty badass. <laughs> so I, I'm like, I want to do that, you know. And uh, so I, I, that's, that's my plan. I'm going to do that today. So I'm out. Uh, there's a Borders bookstore. And I walk into the Borders. And I'm like, 
I'm not there to look at any CDs or anything. I'm like scouring around like, where's a woman who I can ask if she's single? And so I, I walk over and I see some, there's a, a woman with long blonde hair and she's facing away from me at the CDs. And I don't think at that time I had a good sense of like <laughs> spatial awareness and how to give her space and kind of get into her peripheral vision first so she's not startled. So I think I kind of startled her. And I'm like, <laughs> kind of right behind her. I'm like, hey. She turns around, already a little bit on, on edge in retrospect. And I said, uh, and it didn't come out nearly as suave as I wanted. It was probably pretty tight in my voice. And I was like, can I ask you a question? She's like, yeah. But it was all, I was already failing at that point. She's like, yeah. I'm like, are you single? <laughs> and she just looks at me. It's like this long, awkward pause. And then she goes, no. <laughs> and and then I like black out. I don't even know what I did. I think I just like turned around and stumbled out of the borders. Like, ah. And it was it was really um, it was really interesting because I definitely felt like embarrassed and ashamed and rejected. But I also felt like alive and I felt, wow, I could just do that. I just did that. I mean, it didn't go well, right. but I also didn't die. So there was this this shame and awkwardness, but such such a a seed of liberation as well, and it really opened doors. I mean, because that failure opened doors of like, oh, I can kind of just say anything, and worst case scenario is I get like a bad look. So I, it opened doors for me in my dating life. But those experiences in my dating life, those failures, and I have a number, a ton of stories like that, actually set me up for massive success in my dating life, but also in all of life, because I learned. Oh, you, I can tolerate failure. The faster I just put myself out there and take action and fail, the faster I get results. And so I've done that in all kinds of things, public speaking, um, other social areas, my business, just really taking that to heart. I love that. And I love that message of the faster you fail, the faster you lead to success. That's super cool. And thanks for sharing that story. That was a lot of fun. Um, and so I'm going to shift gears a little bit here, Aziz. To what I like to call the moment of mastery, where you can share tips, resources, and insights directly to our listeners. Are you ready for this? Sure. What is one daily habit that contributes to your personal success? Yeah, I love that. I've, man, there's so many that I cycle through. I would say the one that is the most valuable that I always come back to is a form of meditation that is uh, really body centered, specifically heart centered. So, turning off all distractions and you can do it sitting, but I also sometimes do it while I'm running or walking and you just bring attention into your breath at first, but then really into my body, into my chest and my stomach. And I find places where I'm tense and holding and squeezing and I just rest in it. I, I sit with it and I don't try to make it go away. I don't try to get in my head and think my way out of it. I just reside in the discomfort of any sensations that are there, whether it's a squeezing in my ribs or a tightness in my throat or chest. I breathe. I'm, I'm with it. And I just keep practicing willingness to not try to fight it or make it go away. And that has been one of the most liberating things for me. And I find just 15, 20 minutes of that a day is profoundly helpful. Awesome. Yeah, I love meditation. And I love how practical that really is. And it's so easy to just do on the go or wherever you are. That's awesome. And when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? How do you approach that? Yeah, well, that probably that, that first approach. So yeah. I, what I found is sometimes I, I would get really 
I'm okay, I'm going to figure out my to-do list, and I'm going to plan out what I'm going to do when, and that would try to give me a sense of certainty when it came to overwhelm. Now, what I do is if I feel overwhelmed, like I have too much to do today and too little time to do it in, I won't do anything for 10 minutes. I'll just sit there and do this process I just described because I know that that urgency, that uh, overwhelm is an illusion, that there that's not true. Like I am not... I'm not a surgeon who's like in the middle of a surgery and you know something's going wrong and we got to get this in there now or this person's gonna die like I'm not I'm not an air traffic controller where there's a plane that's gonna crash like er, all the urgency I experience is self-created you know oh my gosh someone's gonna be upset with me oh my gosh we won't meet that deadline you know it's so I really try to remind myself of that regularly so I, I sit with it and it comes from um, a quote that I heard uh from the Dalai Lama, which I really like, he said, like, you know, I recommend people meditate an hour a day. And if you feel like you're too busy to meditate for an hour a day, meditate for two hours a day. And I really love that. Of course, I don't do that long of a practice, but just uh, that idea of like what you really need to do is slow down. And what I find is after 10 or 15 minutes of that, I am just so much more clear on, okay, what are the next steps? You know, yes, I want to do 87 things. That's an attachment inside of me. I'm going to let it go. And now let me just take care of the two things that I can do today. Awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. That's a really great way to look at it. And what is the book or books you give it most as a gift and why? Or what are one to three books that have greatly impacted your life? Yeah, beautiful. I'd say the, the seminal book on relationships that I'd recommend for anyone is called After the Honeymoon by Dan Weil. That's phenomenal. I recommend that to everyone who's struggling or has just not even struggling, just wants to have an extraordinary relationship. I feel like it's a core understanding of communication that we all need. So that is a big one. The second book that I've given away the most or recommended the most is called Healing Back Pain by John, Dr. John Sarno. Tremendous eye-opening uh, resource there that can really help people, like ni- over 90% of pains, injuries, and chronic conditions that people experience that they think is structural is actually uh, psychological and emotion-based. And he's a a doctor that kind of did discover that, but sort of rediscovered that because people knew that back at the beginning of the 20th century, and then it got uh, subsumed into more um, biomedicine. But uh, so there's a a big movement, uh, and that helped me cure um, almost 20 years of chronic pain when I discovered his stuff. And um, I just recommended that book the other day to a client of mine, and he read it. And in another book I recommended, also about the same subject, and um, he had headaches for years, at least a decade, I don't know, five, seven years. And they, he just texted me yesterday and told me that they are gone after two weeks. Wow. So, um, yeah, powerful. That's, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're going to put some links to those books in the show notes page of today's episode because those sound super cool. And what advice would you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? Hmm. That's a good one. I'd say, man, it's a journey, right? Like we, we, I think there's this, uh, sense of like, I need to be there and I need to be as experienced as someone who's been in the field for 10 or 20 years. And I need to be as smart as everyone. And I can't show that I don't know anything. And there's all this like trying to hide of of where we are. And it's just like, no, I'm at the beginning of this journey. And so here I am. And then show up with that open-minded curiosity. And uh, the fastest way to learn 
the fastest way to learn and then become a master of, of any area or topic is going to be to model and ask questions. So find your models. Uh, and they could be people that you work with that you admire. I recommend finding at least one real world model in your workplace that you want to, um, you know, get a closer relationship with, kind of have a mentorship relationship. And you'd be amazed at how when someone's eager and open-minded, like people love to mentor others. And of course, you can find other mentors through, you know, books, authors, podcasts, that sort of thing. And then uh, the next thing would be to ask questions and reveal what you don't know and ask and ask and ask and do so incredibly rapidly. Remember the whole thing about the faster you take action and, and quote, fail? Right. Um, you know, so, man, if, pe- if people do that, they can learn incredibly fast. I love it. Model and ask questions. And finally, Aziz, where is the best place our listeners can go to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, I'd say the best place would be my website, which is socialconfidencecenter.com. Socialconfidencecenter.com. Um, there's a link there to my YouTube channel, which you could also just go straight to YouTube and type in Get More Confidence, and then you'd find my channel there. But uh, you can find links to the podcast, the YouTube channel, ebooks, um, all kinds of other stuff at uh, socialconfidencecenter.com. Awesome. Masters in the making. Go check out Aziz and his work. And go check out simplesouthmastery.com. Type in Aziz's name in the search. It'll show you over to the show notes page of today's podcast for links, resources, timestamps, and an overview of what Aziz and I discussed today. Aziz, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with all of us here at Simple Self Mastery. You mastered the mic and shared a ton of value. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode of Simple Self Mastery, please show your support by subscribing, leave a five-star rating, and a review. It is my honor and privilege to provide you with high-value, free content five days a week, and I'd be humbled by your support. Keep learning, keep listening, and keep working towards your own personal self-mastery. Thanks, and we'll catch you later.